The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Yevamot. Masechet Yevamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha Varvacha Mechol Maaseyadav may be zocheh to raise his children in the ways of the Torah they should give him much nahat he should have many more children with health and happiness Hen Vachesed Be'enei Hashem Ubnei Adam and he should have Beracha Bakol Mikol Kol him and his entire family Amen Just a note of interest as we study Masechet Yebamot many of the cases need diagrams we have chosen the Sefer Siurim Le Masechet Yebamot as our uh, book for the diagrams written by Aaron Shalomo Berebi Baruch Moshe Hafner available in the bookstore so we refer to pages we are using uh, that sefer Daf Memhet today's Daf is being studied the Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tenechenu Began Eden Amen we begin today's daf on Memchet Amud Rishon, and we start right at the beginning of the Amud on the top line, starting with the words Amar Rava. We learned in yesterday's sugya a very important mahluket between Rabbi Shimon ben El Hazar and Rabbanan. The mahluket concerned in Eved Kenani. The process of buying an Eved Kenani is fellow buys the Eved, a Jew. And he immerses him in a mikveh. At that point, the Eved has partial obligation of mitzvot on him, and he's considered Jewish, partially. However, after the Eved goes free, the master must dip the Eved again in the mikveh, and at that point, he becomes a full fledged Yehudi, meaning he's obligated in all the mitzvot. So there's a machloket when he's immersed in the mikveh the second time. Does he have to accept upon himself all mitzvot at that time? Or can he be even dipped against his will? Which means so long as his master puts him in the mikveh a second time, so he's considered free and he's obligated in mitzvot. Well, that's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon ben Hazar. He says that you're able to force the Eved to the mikveh, and he does not have to make a formal acceptance of the mitzvot. Whereas according to Rabbanan, they said no, that indeed the Eved must accept willingly upon himself the mitzvot. So now the Gemara is going to substantiate this mahloket. What's the reason of Rabbi Shimon Al-Azad that says in Eved, when he dips in the mikveh the second time, so he doesn't have to even accept upon himself the mitzvot, it can even be against his will. So the Gemara says, because we have a pasuk by Qurban Pesach, kol Eved ish miknat kasef, the full pasuk says that v'chol Eved ish, Regarding a person that, let's say, has an Eved, Miknat Kasef, that he owns, Umalta Oto, so the owner has to circumcise this, this Eved, as Yochalbo, then it is permissible for him to eat from the Kurban Pesach, which means in Eved Kanani, in order for him to be able to eat from Kurban Pesach, he has to have first a circumcision. So the Gebarah now is Doresh. 
כל עבד איש מקנת כסף, זה גמרא סז, עבד איש ולא עבד אישה? What does it mean? Only an עבד that's owned by an איש, by a man, needs a bit מילה to eat קודם פסח, but not an עבד owned by a lady? What is the word איש coming to exclude? Only an עבד owned by a man, but let's say a lady owns an עבד. What, she doesn't have to uh, make sure that he's circumcised before he eats from the Qurban Pesach? Ela, the Gabbara says, you know what the Ish is teaching us? Eved Ish atamal ba'al korcho. That when it comes to the Eved of an Ish, one is permissible to circumcise him against his will. Which means when it comes to an Eved kena'ani, to eat the Qurban Pesach, he has to be circumcised. The circumcision can even be against his will. But a regular convert, meaning a regular goy that comes to convert a ben ish, is not a avid. So for him to accept upon himself yadut, he has to accept it upon himself willingly. He cannot be ba'al korcho. So from this pasuk, the Gemara is being doresh. There's a difference between an avid and a regular person that's coming to convert. An avid can even be against his will, where a regular person has to be willingly. Now the question is, how did he get this out of the Pesukim? So we have to read Rashi together. We read Rashi on the second line. Eved ish, velo eved isha, the cross is bitmiah. The isha shekanta avadim, a lady that buys servants, velo malu, and she did not circumcise them. Milo avi kishar avadim. They're no different than any other Avadim. So therefore there's no difference between an Eved that belongs to an Ish or an Eved that belongs to an Isha. Ela al-Kurhach, therefore Rashi says from the Gemara, Hai Ish, you know what the word Ish in that Pasuk says? Eved Ish ha'oved kochavim. It's referring to a Goy. Shemachro ka'eh. Where a Goy, let's say, sold his Eved to a Jew. So it's Eved Ish. It's an Eved that belonged to an Ish, to a Goy, who sold his Eved to a Jew, to the exclusion of a stam, a child of a goy. And the pasuk means like this, and that you took from the goy, you're able to circumcise him even against his will. But you do not circumcise ben oved kochavim be'alma. They love oved be'al korcho. He's a regular goy that comes to convert. Meaning he's the son of Ovid Kukavim that comes to convert, so you cannot circumcise him against his will. From the fact that Torah uses the word Ovid Ish, the word Ish, which means the Pasuk is telling us who can be circumcised against their will? Ovid Ish. She's the Ovid that you bought from an Ish. However, a Ben Ish, a child from a uh, Goy, you cannot do it against his will. Shema minna. So we learn from over there. Umalta oto ba'al korcho mashma. Now the pasuk says umalta oto. You shall circumcise him. Malta sounds like it's even against his will. Di'im da'to. Because if you're telling me that the word umalta means you can even do it willingly. Hechi mima'et leben ish. So then what are you saying? That uh, a, a regular goy, you cannot circumcise him willingly? Cannot be. Of course you can circumcise him willingly. So therefore the word umalta must mean against his will. And the hadush is that an evit kanani can be circumcised against his will. Whereas a regular goy, a ben ish, cannot be circumcised against his will. Meaning it has to be willingly. Ve'i lo ketiv ish. Now if the pasuk wouldn't have said ish at all, hava mina hai evit lav lemi'ute ben אתה אלא היא גופה את סטריך לשמיעינן דמילת עבדים מעקבה בפסח 
which means that if it didn't say the word ish at all, so then I would just tell me the pasuk is just teaching me that if a person has avadim and he wants to eat from the Qurman Pesach, he must make sure that they are circumcised. But now that comes and tells me ish, so I learned the Hidush that an avid that you bought from an ish from a goy, Umaltaoto could even be against his will. Now that she brings a different interpretation. He likes this interpretation better, as a matter of fact. So the word ish of him means Evid, that is an ish, meaning he's a gadol. You have an Evid, he's an adult. Even though let's say he's an adult, Umaltaoto ba'al kurho. You're able to circumcise him again against his will. Which means, but a child, a boy, a man that comes to convert, who's the son of a goy, which means, let's say you have a, a fellow, he wants to convert and he wants his son to convert. So he cannot bring his son against his will. Ben Ish, meaning the son of a fellow that wants to convert, not an Evid, I'm a regular guy. He has to circumcise his children. So therefore, let's just review that the Rashad is taking place over here according to the Bishamon ben Hazar. He's basically learning a Pasuk by Korban Pesach that says, any Evid Ish, which means even though the Evid is an Ish, meaning he's an Evid Kenani, he's an adult, doesn't matter. You're able to malta oto against his will. So what's the ish coming to exclude? The avid who is a, an adult. But a regular goy that's an adult, that's an ish, that let's say, for example, his father is coming to, circum- so coming to convert, so he's able to convert, but it has to be willingly. Because then you don't have this derasha abu malta against his will. So that's the source for the bishma'un bin al-azar to teach us that what? That a, uh, a avid... When we convert him, it can be even against his will. Oh, so now we have to see how the rabbis learn. Because the rabbis say it cannot be against his will. It has to be done willingly. So how do they learn this pasuk? The rabbanan, according to the rabbis, Amar Ula. So Ula explains it. Keshem shi'ata mal ben ish ba'al korho. Chamin said the opposite. Just like a regular goy that comes to convert, you cannot convert him against his will. It has to be willingly. So too, Eved Ish, an Eved Kena'ani, can also not be done against his will. But what do you mean? The Pasuk says, the Pasuk we just said that the Eved Ish, can be done against his will. How do you learn this Pasuk? We need it for Shemuel's teaching. If a person frees his Eved Kena'ani, actually not frees him, Mafkir is he pronounces him Hifkir, which means he makes his Eved Kena'ani ownerless. He relinquishes ownership from his Eved Kena'ani, Yatsa Lehirut, that enough. Relinquishing ownership and making the Eved Hifkir sends the Eved out free, Ve'en Sari Get Shehrur. And he doesn't even need a get shehrur, which means a document of freedom. Normally in Eved, when you send them free, you have to write them a, a start, you have to write them a document. However, when you make, when you relinquish your ownership and make the Eved hefker, finish, he's freed himself. He doesn't even need a get shehrur. call Eved Ish Miknat Kasif. So the rabbis of Doresh like this, know what the word Eved Ish teaches me? That an Eved is only an Eved if there's an Ish over him. Which means if he has an ish, a master over him, he's called an avid. 
Eved ish velo eved isha. So the Gemara goes to the derasha. Uh, what do you mean? Eved ish only an eved of a man, not the eved of a lady. Which means uh, a lady could have an eved also. What is the word ish coming to tell me? Ela eved sheishlo lishut rabbo alav an eved that has a master over him that's dominating him. Karu eved. He's called an eved, meaning an eved ish. Only an eved that has an ish over him. But if let's say the owner does not have domination over him, for example, let's say he relinquished his ownership, he made him ifkir in karui eved. He's not called an eved. So therefore, we learn from this pasuk according to banan when it says eved ish, it means that an eved is only considered an eved so long as there is an ish, a master over him. But once there's no master over him, he's free. And therefore, when a man is mafkir his eved, making hefkir, that means you're relinquishing your ownership, you're saying he's free, he's hefkirut, that's considered you sent him free, he's not an eved anymore, because he has no ish over him, because you relinquished your ownership, you were mafkir him. So therefore, he learns from this pasuk Rabbanan, not like Rabbi Shlom and Al-Azhar. Rabbi Shlom and Al-Azhar learned from this pasuk, Eved Ish, that we're talking about an Eved, that's an Ish, so then Umalta Oto, you can circumcise him even against his will. So he learns that the Gerut of the Eved can be again Baal Korho. Whereas according to Rabbanan, they say, no, Eved Ish is teaching me a different Hadush, that an Eved that has an Ish, that has a master over him, he's called an Eved. But once there's no master over him, he's not called an Eved. Nafkamina, if a person is mafkir his Eved, that means he relinquishes his ownership from the Eved, he's not called an Eved. He's free. He doesn't even get shikhrur, which is you might have thought that if a person just relinquishes and says, I'm mafkir my Eved, maybe you have to write him a document. Because maybe there's still some attachment. No. An Eved is only an Eved when there's an Ish, when there's a master. But once the Eved is relinquished from his master by the Master saying you are hefkir, so he goes free. So that's the mahluket between Rabbi Shimon ben Hazar and Hachamim had to learn this pasuk. Now, if you remember in yesterday's daf, we learned what is the source for this uh, derasha. So we said it came from the law of Yifat Tuar. That's the lady that was taken into captivity when the warriors went out to war. So the law over there was that she has to dip also in the mikveh for conversion. So according to the Bishamam al-Hazar, he said she also can be dipped against her will. And automatically she becomes uh, Yehudiyah. Whereas according to Hakamin, they said no, that the Eshet Yifatu'at, this lady also has to be dipped dafka. She has to dip willingly. And if she doesn't want to do it willingly, immediately, you wait 30 days until she'll do it willingly. So the rabbi said, just like the Fatu'ar lady has to be, she's a Goya, when you convert her, she has to dip in the mikveh, she has to accept upon herself all mitzvot willingly. So to the Evit Kanani, he doesn't make a difference between the Fatu'ar going to the mikveh and an Evit Kanani going to the mikveh. So now the Papa is going to make a question on this. Maybe I'll tell you the only reason why the Fatu'ar lady has to go when she goes to the mikveh has to be done willingly. Because she's not connected to the mitzvot. She was a Goya. And therefore she's accepting upon herself mitzvot from scratch. That's why the Baran says she has to accept uh, all mitzvot. When she goes to the mikveh, it cannot be done against her will. But in Eved, as I told you, that when he's bought as a slave, already he's dipped in the mikveh the first time. And if he's connected already to the mitzvot, he has obligations to certain mitzvot. Maybe the rabbis will agree that since an evid is connected to the mitzvot, so the second time that he dips in the mikveh, when he, before he goes out free, maybe he could be against the mitzvot. Maybe he doesn't have to accept the mitzvot at that point already, because he already has mitzvot on him. So there's no comparison, according to Rav Papa, between the Eshet Yifat and the 
we can make a chiluk that the eshet yefatuar she already has no connection to the mitzvot. So therefore, when she goes to the mikveh, it has to be done uh, with, with kabbalah, has to be done willingly. But she the eved kenani. I could tell you already, he's connected to the mitzvot when he's going into the mikveh because when he was bought originally, he had a connection to the mitzvot because he had a dip in the mikveh the first time. So therefore, no comparison. Therefore, the papa is saying maybe the rabbis will agree to the bishumon ben el hazar that an eved kenani when he goes to the mikveh can even be done against his will. And he does not have to accept upon himself all mitzvot and do not compare it to the Eshet Tifatu'at. Now the Gemara proves this from a Braita, the Tanya, Echad Ger, whether it's a regular convert, Echad Lokeh, Eved Menach Ovet Kuchavim, or a person, let's say, buys a Eved from an Ovet Kuchavim, Sarich Lekabel. So the, uh, the Braita says he has to accept upon himself all mitzvot willingly. But that's only because he bought him from a Goy. When he bought him from the Goy, so he had no mitzvot Bechlal, because he was originally owned by the Goy, the Eved. However, the Gemara makes it the Yukhal, Israel, but implying if you were bought the Eved from Israel, which means already by the Israel he has some mitzvot. He does not have to accept upon himself all mitzvot when you dip in the mikveh. Ha mani, mani, who's the author of this Braita? Either Bishim Oon ben El Hazar, if you tell me the author is Bishim Oon ben El Hazar, Ha Amar, Lokeyah men Ovet Kuchavim, Name in Sadiq Lekabel. Which means according to Bishim Oon ben El Hazar, even if you bought the Evet from a Goy that had no connection to the mitzvot, he still says you can dip him against his will. So this Braita cannot be fitting according to the Bishim Oon ben El Hazar, because this Braita says if you buy him from a Goy, you have to dip him willingly. El Alav Rabbanan. It must be going according to the opinion of Rabbanan. And the Hadush over here is that only when he buys the Goy from an Ovet Kuchavim, at that point, the, 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 the Evid had no connection to any mitzvot. That's why you have to dip him. And he has to accept the mitzvot. However, but if you also you bought him from Israel, so already by the Israel he had some mitzvot in his first dipping. So therefore, when you dip him the second time, you do not have to accept. Why? Because he's shayak the mitzvot. So we have a bright to support this opinion of the papa, the way he explains the shita of the rabbanan, that an Ebed Kanani does not have to be miratzon. So the Gemara says, but we have a question, because we learned in an earlier bright the following language Ehad ger ve'ehad ever meshukhrar We said that there's a comparison between a regular ger and an evid meshukhrar So we understood to now the comparison is between a regular ger and an evid meshukhrar that both when they go to the mikveh for gerut it has to be done willingly But now that you tell me that even the rabbanans say that the, the evid does not have to be done willingly because already he had shaykhut to the mitzvot in his first dipping as we just learned in the Brayta that if he bought him from a Jew so since he was Shayak bin Mitzvot already by the first owner, so when the second owner buys him, you know, he can even dip him against his will. So then what's the connection in the Brayta when it said, Ehad Ger Vehad Evit Kanaani? Really they're different because a Ger when he converts has to be done Miratzon, but an Evit Kanaani can even be done against his will. So what was that connection that the Brayta was talking about? Right, that was referring to Tevila, that both need Tevila in a Mikveh. That's the comparison. That what? And when they're going to convert, they're going to need a Tevila in the Mikveh. That was the um, explanation. And that's the comparison between them. But really, we'll tell you that Ben Rabbi Azar, Ben, according to the Banan, they do not need a Kabbalah be Mitzvot because already they're Shayak be Mitzvot Unless, according to the Banan, if the Eved Kanani was bought from a uh, Goy, so then he wasn't Shayak be Mitzvot at all. Because already by the Goy, he had no Mitzvot. Then in the Rabbanan will say, when eventually he's dipped the Shem. Uh, Hirut, the Shem Yahadut, 
Of course, it has to be done willingly because he had no mitzvot. But the Bishmu Melazah will say even in that case where he bought an evit from a goy, everything can be done against his will. So that's really where the machlok between the Bishmu Melazah and the banana is by buying an evit from a goy. Comes the Gemara and continues Tarot of Banan. We have a Braita. Now we're discussing now some of the laws of the Eshet Yifatua. That's the lady that is taken from captivity in war. And we say that the Torah allowed us to convert her in order that the man was able to, the Jewish soldier will be able to be with her. So the Gemara says, Vigileha et Rosha. Part of the process is that she has to shave her hair, Vahaseta et Sipurneha. And she has to do her nails. So now the Gebarah is going to explain what does this mean, Be'aseta et Sipurneha. She will do her nails. So the Gebarah says, Rabbi Eliezer Omer Takuts. It means that she has to cut them. Rabbi Akiva Omer Takdil. When Rabbi Akiva says no, it means she has to grow them. Amar Rabbi Eliezer. So Rabbi Eliezer proves this point. Ne'ebra Asiya Berosh. It says by the Rosh, by her hair, Vigilehat. That means she has to cut them. Ne'ebra Asiya Bisipurnaim. And it says the word Asiyah by Siponaim, the Vaseta et Siponea. Ma lehalana avara, just like <coughs> by the hair, where she's doing an action, means she removes her hair. Afkana avara. So to over here, when it says Vaseta et Siponea, it's similar to what it said by the hair. Just like by the hair, the, the action was Vigileha, she removes it. So to by the Siponaim, it means she. Must cut her nails. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Neemar Asiyah Berosh, Neemar Asiyah Bistiponaim. Rabbi Akiva says, Yes, it says that there was an action done by the hair, the Gilehan. It says there's an action, the Aseta Etziponaim. Malalan Nivul Afkan Nivul. Which means he makes a comparison like this. Just like the cutting of the hair is done in order to make her ugly, because we're trying to dissuade the man from being with her. Before she converts, which means we, we don't want him to come to be with us. So therefore, the Torah says, let her make herself ugly. How does she make herself ugly? Nivul. She cuts her hair off. So therefore, Vasetat Siponea means also she makes herself ugly. How? By letting her nails grow long. That is a form of making her uncomely. And therefore, the fellow might change his mind. So comes again, but we have to have a fantastic look over between Rabbi the Aizen and Rabbi Akiva. And what the Pasuk means, Vasetat Siponea. Doesn't mean that she cuts her nails. That's Rabbi the Aizen. Or does it mean she grows her nails? And both are learning it from the Tirasha of how you learn uh, the connection between the Gilehat Rosha. So to be as it says, just like cutting hair, so to the Aseta, she does her nails, means cutting nails. According to Rabbi Akiva, no, it's like cutting hair makes her uncomely, so to growing nails will make her uncomely as well. That's the connection. So the Gibra says. That I added the way to be the Aizah. We bring a proof to be the Aizah that means removing her nails. Because the Pasuk says in the Navi, Mfiboshet ben Shaul yarad the katabelech. Mfiboshet, the son of Shaul, came to greet David. Lo asal raglav. He did not do his feet. So that she explains that means he did not cut his nails. Lo asal raglav. Ve lo asal sefamo. Nor did he cut his uh, mustache, his beard. My asiyah ha'avara. And what does asiyah mean in the Pasuk? Habara removal. So you see a pasuk in the Navi that also uses the word asiyah, and it's referring to removal of the nails. So that's what it means by the eshet yifatoar. Comes the Gemara and says, Tarabanan, we have a Braita. And the Braita quotes a pasuk from the story of the yifatoar. Ubacheta et aviha ve'etima. It says, for 30 days she will cry over her mother and father. So what is this referring to? So to be the eyes of aviha, aviha mamash. It means her actual physical, biological father. Ima, ima mamash. And it means to cry over her 
physical, biological mother, because now she was separated by them, which means the Torah is telling us that before she converts, we want her for 30 days to get it out of our system, to cry over the fact that she's been taken away from her family till she calms down, and now she can accept her new situation. So therefore she has to cry over her mother and father. So the Gebra says, No, when it says her mother and her father, it refers to her, her the idolatry that she was worshipping. Which means, because now she has to leave the Abu Dazara and accept upon herself Yehadut. How do we know mother and father is reference to Abu Dazara? Because the Pasuk says in Yirmiyah, Umrim la'etz avi atta. Those that say to the etz, to the tree, you are my father. And the end of the Pasuk says, Vela'evin, and to the stone, at Yiladatnu. So which means the mother and the father is also a reference to the Avodah Zarah of a person. Therefore she has to cry over it, which means that now she has to leave the Avodah Zarah. And how long does she do this crying? Each one according to his opinion, either for the biological parents or for the fact that now she cannot worship Avodah Zarah. So it says, Yerach Yamim. Yerach Yamim. So what is this Yerach Yamim? So the Gemara says, Yerach Yamim, Yerach Shiloshim Yom. A Yerach is a month. How long is a month? 30 days. So that's the first opinion. The Bishwam Menel Ghazar Omer, Tishim Yom. He says 90 days. How do you get 90 days? Yerach Shiloshim. Because the word Yerach means 30. Yamim, now Yamim, Shiloshim is another 30. So therefore, Yerach 30. Then it says the word Yamim, that will be another 30. So for that 60. And then the Pasuk says, Ve'acharkin. And then she can convert and the fellow is allowed to be with her. Ve'acharkin, which is even after the 60 days, the Yerach and then the Yamim, Ve'acharkin. Then after that, it's much where there's still another waiting period. Shiloshim. So another 30. So therefore it's 90. So it's Yerach 30, Yamim 30, Ve'acharkin. And then after that, which means another 30, then it's permissible for her to convert and the fellow can be with her. So that's 90 days. So Ravina has a question. Maybe I'll tell you that Yerach is 30 days. Yamim Shiloshim. Again, the word Yamim is another 30 days. That's 60. And then after that means that maybe you have to wait the same amount of time that you waited till now. I mean, you waited 60. Then after that time, meaning another 60. So maybe it's 120. Kihani. Like the first uh, waiting. So 60 plus 60. So the Gemara says, Kasha, you're right. According to this understanding, that would be a question. Why is only saying 90? Why shouldn't it be 120? The Gemara leaves that in a Kasha. Tarulabanan, we have a Braita. Mekayemim abadim she'enam malim. Tavir bishma'il. Rabbi Akiva Omer en mekayemim. The very important mahloke between two Tana'im. Rabbi Shmael says we're allowed to keep in our jurisdiction Avadim. And she was an Evid Kena'ani that does not yet accept upon himself conversion. Which means he does not uh, do a Brit Milah. We're allowed to keep him in our uh, possession. Whereas according to Rabbi Akiva, he says, no sir, you're not allowed to keep an Evid Kena'ani if he's not going to, willing to circumcise himself. And the Tosfot says that, we learn that from Abraham Abinu, that all his servants, what the Pasuk says, he had to circumcise. And therefore Rabbi Akiva says, that if they're not willing to circumcise, you cannot keep the Evid in your possession. But Rabbi Shemal says, no, it's not a problem. Amar le Rabbi Shemal, so Rabbi Shemal is going to prove his opinion. We have a Pasuk in the Torah. The Torah says like this, Six days you go to work, on the seventh day you rest. And then the Pasuk tells us who rests so one of the people that rest it says that your servant shall also rest he should rest now this pasuk as we're going to prove in the Gemara is talking about a servant that was not circumcised 
Oh, so therefore we see in the Pasuk that what? It's possible that a person must have a servant in his possession if not circumcised. Because Torah is telling you that one of the people that has to keep the Shabbat is Ben Amatecha. And that's talking about an Eved that was not circumcised. It must be in your possession. So the Bishma is going to say, so it must be you're allowed to keep him. So Torah is talking about him and it's about his Shabbat observance. So it must be you have him in your possession. So the Gabbard says, Amar So therefore, again, Amar Le Bishmael, Hare Omer, the Pasuk says, Vinafesh Ben Amatecha. So you see what? That there's a concept of Ben Amatecha that the servant is in your possession and you're able to he has to be Shomer Shabbat now how can he be Shomer Shabbat if he's not in your possession Elah must be you're allowed to keep an Eved even though he's not willing to convert Amar Leh so Rebbe Akiva says no Belokeh Eved Ben Hashem Ashot Velohi speak Lemulo Hakatu Medaber you know what the case is talking where you bought the Eved right before Shabbat in the twilight and therefore you weren't able to circumcise him on that Shabbat so that's why the Torah says for the first Shabbat since you weren't able to circumcise him so he has to keep the Shabbat until next week where you have a whole week to circumcise him. And if he doesn't want to accept upon himself Gerut by that time with the circumcision, then already you have to let him go. So therefore, according to Rabbi Akiva, it's not a heter to keep an Eved in your possession without circumcision. On the contrary, it's a specific case where you bought the Eved right before Shabbat. So there was no time to circumcise because you don't circumcise Avadim on Shabbat. So the Torah says, okay, in the interim he has to keep the Shabbat but what? After Shabbat is over, you must circumcise him. And if you don't, then you have to let him go. So therefore we have a fantastic makhluk here between the two Tana'im. Now the Gebarah is going to prove to me, how do I know in that pasuk that says that the Ben Amatecha has to keep Shabbat, that's talking about an Eved that was not circumcised. V'yinafesh ben Amatecha, v'yikule alma miha v'yinafesh ben Amatecha be'eved anil kiti. Which everybody agrees that this is talking about a Eved that is uncircumcised. Me'em ashma, how do you know that? The Tanya, because we have a brighter, v'yinafesh ben Amatecha, be'eved anil akatum in the Bible. This pasuk is referring to an Eved that did not circumcised. You're saying it's talking about an Eved Arel. How do you know? Maybe it's talking about an Eved that's circumcised. Because we have another Pasuk that says, It says that your Eved, we have another Pasuk that says, your Eved and your Amma have to observe the Shabbat. That's not a regular Eved. That's not a regular Eved that was circumcised. So there was the other Pasuk that says, That's referring to an Eved that is uncircumcised. Now, the end of the Pasuk says, now, what type of ger are we referring to that also is obligated to keep the Shabbat? So the Gabbara says, ger, ze ger toshav. A ger toshav is a goy in Eris Israel that accepts upon himself not to worship Avodah Zarah and to keep the seven mitzvot. He's called a ger toshav. He's not a ger tzedek. He's not a regular full convert that's accepting Yadut upon himself. But it's a ger toshav. He accepts upon himself not to worship Avodah Zarah, nor to, and he accepts upon himself also the seven mitzvot. And the Torah is telling us that he's also Hayav now in keeping the Shabbat. And the Gibraltar is going to explain why is he obligated in keeping the Shabbat. He's really not a Yehudi. He's really just a Ger Toshav. He's accepting upon himself seven mitzvot. But since he accepted upon himself not to worship Avodah Zarah, and we know there's another Gibraltar that says, Shabbat, ki ilu Avodah Zarah. So that's like Avodah Zarah. That anybody that worships Avodah that is Shabbat, it's like he's doing Avodah Zarah. So therefore, to show you how strong Shabbat is, that it's like idolatry. And therefore, since he accepted upon himself not to worship Avodah Zarah, this Ger Toshav that we call him. So therefore, he also obligated to keep Shabbat. So that's what the Pasuk means, Ve'ager. Now the Gemara is going to teach us this. Ve'ager, Ze'ger Toshav. Ata 
Omer Zeger Toshav, you're telling me that it's a Ger Toshav, or Inoela Ger Tzedek, maybe it's a regular full convert. How do you know it's a Ger Toshav? Kishu Omer, because we have another Pasuk. And the Pasuk says over here that Lota Asekul Melacha, and the Pasuk says Vegerecha Asher Bisharecha. Who's also obligated not to do any Melacha on Shabbat? The Ger that's in your gates. Hare Ger Tzedek Amula. Already that Pasuk is talking about a Ger Tzedek. Hamani Mikayim Vagir. So what is the other Pasuk of Vagir must be talking about? Zeger Toshav must be talking about. Let's say a person bought an Evid from the Ovet Kuchavim, he did not want to circumcise. So Rabbi Yoshua says, you have to talk to him, you give him a year's time to talk to him, to try to give him the Vre Torah, to try to coax him into becoming a Ger. But after one year trying to talk to him And he doesn't still doesn't want to circumcise So then you have to sell him to a Oved Kochavim Which means according to Rabbi Yoshua You give him one year's time After the year is up, you got to sell him Now, it should be noted that this is Even according to the Bishop of Al-Hazar Where the Bishop of Al-Hazar we learned earlier Even according to the Banan, some opinions Said that he could dip the Eved against his will But that's only from the Torah law but even the Bishmoman al Azan, the rabbis will agree that it's not proper to have an Eved who does not want to become a Ger working for you. Because he's going to trip you up, he's going to give you things that are not kasher and stuff like that. So therefore, they would also agree that it's not proper to keep this Eved by you. After a year already, he doesn't want to accept upon himself, so you have to throw him out. So they said this So he says, Who's this opinion like? Cannot be going like Rabbi Akiva. Di Rabbi Akiva, Amar En Mikayimin. We learned earlier, Rabbi Akiva said, you're not allowed to keep an Eved that doesn't want to circumcise himself even for one day. So this opinion of Rabbi Yoshua cannot be going like Rabbi Akiva, because he says you have a year to talk to him. So therefore we see it's not going like Rabbi Akiva. He says, no, Amar Lu Rabbi Afilu Tema Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Papa says it could even be going like Rabbi Akiva. Hani Midi Hechadilo Paskal Milte. When did Rabbi Akiva say that you have to throw him out immediately? When originally when you... When you uh, bought him, he never accepted upon himself conversion at all. So therefore, he says, if he never accepted upon himself at all, you have to throw him out immediately. But let's say, but in a place, let's say, that he just stopped from his way. Meaning, originally when you bought him, he accepted upon himself. But what? Then he changed his mind. So then, Pascha. So then the deed is going to be that we give him 12 months. Which means that Rabbi Akiva wants to make a hiluk. If the guy never accepted upon himself, get it when you bought him. So then already, we don't give him any chance. You got to throw him, send him out immediately, you can sell him. You can't keep him by you. But in the case where, let's say, when you bought him, he said, yeah, I'll accept upon myself, get it. And then, uh, before he did it, he changed his mind. So since already he accepted it once, so we could assume that, well, maybe he'll change his mind. So even Rabbi Akiva will agree that you give him the 12 months. So there's a difference where he came in adamantly that I'm not accepting Gerut at all, then you got to get rid of him immediately on day one. But if he came in and he said, yeah, I'll accept, and then he just changed his mind, so maybe we can change his mind back. So therefore, that's the way that Papa wants to understand the Akiva. So let's read those words again. Where he did not change his mind, which means he came in adamantly that he does not want to uh, accept Girut and Lo Paskamte, he never stopped his old ways. However, the Paskalimte, where he stopped his old ways, where he uh, accepted upon himself Girut, let's say, Paskal. So then already, we see already once he 
was willing to change his way. So therefore, we could take a year to try to talk him into it, even if he changes his mind. Amar Afkana. So Afkana said, Amritel Shmata. I said this opinion of the Papa, Kamed Rav Zvidmin Hardea. From Rav Zvidmin, from the Hardea, the Amarli. So he told me, Ihachef, that's the case. That Rabbi Akiva is saying that, Ki Kaamale Rabbi Akiva, Belokei Hevet Ben Hashemashot, Lishni Leha. Which means earlier we learned in the Pasuk, that talked about Vinafesh Ben Amatecha. And we said, what type of Yenafesh ben Amatecha? That is to keep Shabbat. That's talking about an Eved that's not circumcised. So Rabbi Akiva learned the case. It's talking where you bought the Eved ben Hashemashot, where there was no time to circumcise him, therefore you had to throw him out. Uh, but the first Shabbat he has to keep because you didn't have time to circumcise him. But if, after that you have to throw him out. Why do you have to learn that case? Ben Hashemashot, that he bought an Eved right before Shabbat. You could have learned the case like we're saying now. Which means the case that we're learning now is talking about a regular Eved that accepted upon himself Gerut originally and then changed his mind. So this guy you can keep for 12 months. So therefore, you, what did you have to learn? The Pasuk that the Yenafesh bin Amatakah is talking about a Ger that you bought Ben Hashemashot, that an Eved that you bought Ben Hashemashot. Even not Ben Hashemashot. You could have answered the Biakim. I was talking about a regular uh, uh, Eved that accepted upon himself Gerut originally and then changed his mind. So there he has to keep Shabbat as long as he's with you. It's because you have 12 months. So why, 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 why didn't he explain the pasuk like that? So the Gemara says, you're right. He said, one of two reasons. Which means we can explain the pasuk either that when it says that means you, you bought him right before Ben Hashem, so there was no time for Ben Milah. So if it's the first Shabbat he has to keep. Or it's talking about an Eved that accepted upon himself Gerut, but then changed his mind, so he can keep it for a year. So during the whole year he has to keep Shabbat. Shalach Ravin Mishimed Rabbi Ravin sent from the name of Rabbi Ilai. Vechol Rabotai. And he made a statement to Rabbi Ilai in the name of all the Rabbanim. Amruli Mishimo. They said, all the rabbis said, Bechol Rabotai Amruli Mishimo. All the Akamim said, in the name of Rabbi Ilai. What type of Eved? That's not circumcised. Are we permissible to keep? Well, let's say, originally it was stipulated that at the time of the purchase, that he's not going to be circumcised. Which means the condition was clear from the beginning. So that's the way uh, this opinion is learning, that you're allowed to keep such an Eved, where it was totally stipulated from the beginning. So they said this, I said, come on, who's this going like? The Lord could be Akiva. This cannot be going to be Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said, you're not allowed to keep him for one day. So this, this cannot be going like Rabbi Akiva. So the Papa said, no, I feel the Rabbi Akiva. We can say it's even going like Rabbi Akiva. Maybe Rabbi Akiva says that you're not allowed to keep him. That's talking about what you never stipulated with him from the beginning. But where you stipulated, you stipulated. And therefore, in this case, it's just stipulated from the beginning. I mean, Rabbi Akiva will agree. I said this. Well, actually, this is the opinion of Rabbi Ilai. So he said, meaning if Rabbi Akiva is agreeing that if the condition was made from the beginning, that you told that the Eved said, I'm not converting, and you bought him on that condition. So they were, Why above that he had to explain the case of the Yenafesh bin Amadecha, where you bought an Eved bin Hashemashot? Why did you have to explain it like that? You can even explain where you bought the Eved, uh, with the condition from the beginning, on the onset, that he doesn't want to convert. And according to this, you're telling me that uh, the Eli's tell me that even if Yaakiva is more there. So that's the case of the Yenafesh bin Amatecha. Why you got to give me the Ben Hashem Ashot case? So comes the Gibran answers, So therefore, 
they asked the question now to, to Rav Zvid. They told him, listen, Lishni Lecha. Which means, even according to you, Rav Zvid, you said a minute ago that what? That the Rabbi Akiva said one of two reasons. Which means, he could have gave, he gave the reason of Bin Hashem That's how you have an Evid that's not Mahul, according to Rabbi Akiva. Because you brought him right before Shabbat. Or you agreed that in a case where he accepted it and then changed his mind, so you also said Rabbi Akiva will agree. So that's one of two reasons. So just like you agree that the Gemara above gave one of two reasons, we can say, I can say he gave one of three reasons. Which means there's a third reason over here. Which means, the third reason could be that according to Rabbi Akiva, the reason why you're allowed to... Keep him as a case where you stipulated from the beginning that he's not going to convert. So therefore, basically we have three reasons how Rabbi Akiva can explain the pasuk being afish bin amatecha. Either it means where you bought him right before Shabbat, so therefore there was no time to circumcise him, or the case is talking about where he accepted upon himself Gerut and changed his mind, so Rabbi Akiva will agree that you have 12 months to talk him into it again, or it's talking about where you stipulated immediately when you bought him that he's not going to convert, in that case, even Rabbi Akiva is modeh. So the Gibra only gave one of two or three reasons when explained that pasuk according to Rabbi Akiva. So that's the way the Gemara said. Rav Zvid, you yourself said above that Rabbi Akiva gave one of two reasons. So now you will say he gave one of three reasons. Which means now already we have this third interpretation that was saying that if he stipulated from the beginning, in the Rabbi Akiva says you can keep him. Comes the Gemara and says, Yetiv, Rav Harina, Barpapi, Virabi, Ami, Virabi, Tzhak, Nafha, Akilad, Rabbi Tzhak, Nafha. The rabbis were sitting on the porch of Rabbi Tzhak, Nafha. The Yadveh, the they were saying, Israel. It was a certain city in Eris Israel. And their Avadim did not want to circumcise. So they talked to them for 12 months to try to convince them. And then they didn't accept still, so therefore they had to sell them to the Ovdekochavim. So the Gibraltar says, Keman, which she does this? Kihai Tana, it's following the following Tana. The Tanya, we have a bright Tana. But he does not want to circumcise. You talk to him for 12 months to try to talk him into it. But if the 12 months if he still does not want to circumcise, you sell him. So Rabbi Shimon bin Azar says, Humran now. He says, We're not allowed to keep such an avid in Erich Israel at all because the law is a goy is mitameh. Teruma. If a goy touches teruma, hakamim put a tuma on it. And therefore, we don't want to keep this fellow in our house even a day. Because in it said this terumot. And therefore, since he does not want to accept upon himself conversion, so therefore he's going to be metameh the tarot that he touches. So therefore... Rabbi Shemomin al-Azaz says, in order to strengthen the mitzvah of teruma in Eris Israel, and ever that is not mal, so... We do not uh, uh, give him this uh, 12-month uh, period. She's the first opinion of the black that was that said 12 months. It's mashma even in Eretz Israel. So the Bishra says, no, in Eretz Israel, if said Taro, we don't want him to keep him around, because since he didn't convert, he doesn't want to mal himself. Or convert, which that really means, therefore we consider he's going to be tamed tarot. And now let's say you have a city that's close to Eretz Israel, so you're not allowed to keep the Evid also in that area, in the border cities, even let's say um, outside of Eretz Yisrael, but on the border, in Mashinoto, you cannot leave this Evid called Ikar at all. 
because we're concerned since he's still a goy, he might overhear certain things that are pertinent to the security of Eretz Yisrael, but he's a goy. So he's going to go tell the goyim some of our secrets, and therefore it's going to jeopardize the security of Eretz Yisrael. So you cannot keep him there at all. Now, what's the difference? We just said that even if he's uh, in Eretz Yisrael in somebody's house, you can't keep him there. So what's the difference between the border law and when he's in somebody's house in Eretz Yisrael? So the explanation is like this. When a goy is in somebody's house in Eretz Yisrael, and he doesn't want to convert, so the Mishra Men says you got to get rid of him. Meaning you could sell him. You could take time to find a buyer. But once you find a buyer, you got to get rid of him. Why? Because we don't want him to touch a tirumah, and he's going to see the tarot of Eretz Yisrael. But when there's a goy in Eved, that's by the border, meaning even outside of Israel, but by the border, that does not want to convert, and he's an Eved, so then you got to get rid of him, you have to expunge him from that area immediately. Miyad, you don't wait till you find the buyer, because it's going to jeopardize the security of Eretz Israel to have a goy uh, living at the border, he might, uh, you know, give away some uh, security uh, uh, issues. So therefore, there's quite the al Hazar, a regular Eved in Eretz Israel that doesn't want to accept conversion, you got to get rid of him, then you could find a buyer. But on the border, you got to get rid of him immediately. Whereas Tanakama says, you have 12 months, even in Eretz Israel, to talk him into it. Tanya Rabbi Hananya ben Oshir Rabbi Angam Elomer, What's the reason why Girim, converts in our time, they have affliction and troubles come on them? It's because why they have such uh, hard hardships, the Girim, in our times. So the Gemara answers, Unbelievable, because they did not fulfill, when they were Goyim, they did not fulfill the seven mitzvot, which means, Bore Olam did not punish the Goyim when they were Goyim. Because Borelam says, I'll punish them, uh, you know, at the end, when they, after 120, then I'll punish them. However, once they convert, so now God wants to punish them in this world for the fact that they didn't keep the seven mitzvot in Noah, so when they pass away, they can go straight to Olam Abba. So therefore, the reason why they suffer as Gerim is because they did not keep the seven mitzvot in Noah when they were Goyim. And again, the reason why Borelam didn't punish them when they were Goyim is because when they were Goyim, uh, Borelam says, I'll punish them after 120. To, to, to punish them eternally. However, now that they converted, so Borelam wants to give them punishment in this world, so that's why they have hard life. To be a different interpretation. So what are you talking about? We have a rule that a convert that converts is considered as if he's newly born, which means he has no past. He starts a new slate. And therefore, I could just punish him for the old things that he did. It's like he was just born. So there was that, he doesn't accept that interpretation. The reason why the Gid is getting punishment in this world is because of his old deeds. Oh, he's, he's, he's newly born. So why are they tortured? Because they really not shomer Torah mitzvot so well. Because they don't know really all the laws. So therefore, because of that, Borei Olam punishes them. Not only because they don't follow the laws so well, but also because of their not following the laws, they affect Bnei Israel, because they weaken Bnei Israel, because we see them, and other people are going to learn from them, unfortunately. And therefore they get punished for two reasons. Number one, because they themselves are not careful in the law, and their actions are going to uh, dilute the observance of everybody else. Kabbalah gives a different interpretation. Because they do not serve a Kedosh Baruch Hu out of 
Ahava, they don't fulfill the Mizvah, Ahava Tashem, they only serve a Kadosh Baruch Hu from Yir'ah, meaning they're scared of Gehinnam, they're scared of punishment, and therefore since they don't accept the Mizvot Me'ahava, so Yom punishes them in this world, only because they're serving him Mi'ir'ah. Ahayrim Omanim, in the last interpretation, Be'pnesh Shihu Atzmam Nikanes Tachat Kanfei HaShechinah, because they delayed their conversions, which means they're getting punished. Why didn't you convert so fast? What took you so long? So they get punished for the delay. Now, uh, what's the, what do you mean they get punished for the delay? Is there a um, is there a uh, obligation for a, a goy to convert? So explanation is once he came to the truths of the Torah, so he has to convert immediately. Which means if there was a delay from the time that he came to the truths of the Torah, and he understood the emet of Torah, so then already he has to be done immediately. Like we see in the Pasuk that the Gemara quotes now, How do we know this over here? Because the Pasuk says by root. When root converted, what does Boaz tell root? Yishalem Hashem pa'olech. God should pay you for your deeds. And you should get full reward from the God of Israel. That you came to uh, seek shelter under his wings. So we see from this Pasuk over that Boaz blessed Ruth because she came. It says the Pasuk Asher Bat that she came. So the Pasuk could have just said Asher Hast Ta'at Kenafab. What did it mean the Pasuk that you came? So Boaz was saying that you came immediately. That once you realize the truths of the Torah, you did not hesitate. So you see that the Gerima punished today because they delayed in their process of conversion. Tosfot says on the bottom. Asher Bat Ta'hasot Perush Shemiharta. Meaning you came quickly. Now, Tosfot has a question. Tosfot says, that what are you talking about? How, how could she have come quickly? We see that uh, one statement as a Gemara that says, Ruth was the daughter of Eglon Melech Moab. Eglon, the king of Moab. Now, he makes a calculation that from the time of Eglon Melech Moab all the way to the time of Boaz is 200 years. So therefore, what do you mean she came uh, quickly? Uh, she was already uh, from the time of uh, Eglon. And, and, and Boaz was 200 years later. So the Tosafot explains that when it says she was the daughter, it doesn't mean she was the daughter, it means she was the descendant. So therefore she was not a direct daughter of Eglon, unless she was a descendant of Eglon, and when she lived in the times of Boaz, she converted immediately, and that's what she was being praised. Baruch Amen ve'amen.